You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Hello and welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. We're making it up as we go. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein. The story is ours now. You can't have it back. Please be warned that the stories featured can and will contain explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Hello. Today I'll be reading Cruel Summer by Hairpin Drops. The rating for this fic is mature. The pertinent tags for this fic include implied reference to alcohol abuse, John Winchester's A-plus parenting, Dean Winchester has PTSD, secret relationship, bisexual Dean Winchester, Dean Winchester loves Castiel, friends with benefits, Sam Winchester is so done with Dean Winchester. Dean Winchester has self-esteem issues. Dean Winchester has abandonment issues. Dean Winchester needs to use actual words. Cruel Summer, written by Hairpin Drops, read for you by Nerdy Nernstein. Summary A hunt goes on longer than expected in the heat of summer. Are Dean and Castiel friends with benefits? In a secret relationship? Who's to say? All Dean knows is that he's drunk in the back of the car and cried like a baby coming home from the bar. They'd been chasing this demon for weeks. If Dean didn't know any better, he'd say he was impressed that a lowly demon like this had managed to escape them for so long. He'd anticipated a milk run. A weekend, tops. Yet here he was, almost three weeks later, wearing the same clothes he'd left the bunker in, wondering when he'd be back to his vinyls in his man cave. Dean had always loved being on the road, especially after moving into the bunker. Now that they had a home base, being on the road usually felt like a nice change of pace. The demon was targeting small coastal towns, running a gambling scam in the back room of dodgy restaurants and bars. 
He'd get unsuspecting people to spend all their money, until they were left with no other choice but to make a deal. Ten years, and they'd get to walk away with their life. Dean had hustled enough people at pool that he couldn't help but feel some annoyance at the idea of having to save some suckers who couldn't tell they were being ripped off. Still, he reminded himself, they didn't deserve to die decades before their time. Dean, Sam, and Cass had been waiting in the Impala outside the Lakeside Clam, the latest restaurant hit by the demon, for at least an hour now. Dean was grateful that the hot August sun was finally setting and the air around them was cooling down. The brothers had stripped down to jeans and t-shirts, while Cass remained in his usual suit jacket and trench coat. Looking at him in the rearview mirror, Dean's skin crawled at the thought of his endless layers of unbreathable polyester. He briefly pictured himself ripping off Cass's clothes. He let his gaze wander on the angle of his jaw, the stubble on his face, the way his lips puckered slightly as he focused his ocean-blue eyes on the restaurant. Dean looked away and slowed his breathing to try to regain control over his body. Dude, you okay? asked Sam. Yeah, Dean replied, fidgeting in his seat. This heat is killing me. Sam nodded knowingly. Luckily for Dean, Cass hadn't noticed him staring. He always felt like he'd been caught doing something bad when that happened, which in turn always made him feel some kind of way. This hunt had been challenging for Dean. Between the constant heat and his proximity to Cass, while also trying to keep Sam unsuspecting, Dean couldn't wait to be back at the bunker. There, at least, he could have more privacy and ease up. He's here, said Cass. Sam and Dean focused in on the back entrance. A man walked in, looking around nervously. Probably one of the victims, sighed Sam. We should go in. Hold on. Dean held back Sam from opening the passenger door. We've been following this bitch for almost three weeks now, he groaned. Let's give him a minute to get comfortable before we go in. Sam nodded and they waited in the Impala a little longer before quietly getting out of the car. As he attempted to delicately close the car door, Dean looked up at Cass, whose eyes lingered on Dean's hands before meeting his eyes. Dean's entire body wobbled. He must have looked like an idiot trying to close the door. Shame overtook him as they headed towards the lakeside clam's back door. Once they reached the entrance, Sam walked in first, demon knife in hand. He was followed closely by Cass, and then Dean, who had just pulled his gun loaded with devil's trap bullets. Shouts were coming from the kitchen, the waitress complaining that table four had been waiting twenty minutes for their french fries. They made their way past the kitchen and the bathrooms. Sam stopped to the right of a door with a large staff-only sign. As Dean looked over in the other direction to make sure no one was coming, Sam leaned his ear onto the door before mouthing, He's in there. He gestured over at Cass to get to the left. They looked at each other, nodded. Sam kicked the door down. Don't move, Sam shouted. Inside the tiny staff room, a high table had been converted into a makeshift craps table. The man they'd seen enter the restaurant yelped and fell to the ground with his hands up, leaving the demon alone at the table. He stared at Dean, grinning as he rolled the dice. Dice? 
Dean said in disbelief as he lowered his gun. Not even cards. Sam slowly turned to look at Dean, and Cass rolled his eyes almost audibly, both utterly unimpressed. What can I say? I like what I like, said the demon as his eyes turned from hazel to black with a pointed blink. You know a thing or two about that, don't you, Dean? The sound of a gun cocking echoed throughout the room. Dean couldn't tell exactly what happened next. Cass shouted and threw himself onto Dean, knocking him against the floor with the whole weight of his body. When Dean managed to look up, the demon was dead, Sam standing over his body. Dean, Cass whispered, are you okay? His voice was even deeper than usual. Dean felt the urge to buck his hips against Cass. I'm okay, he grunted. What happened? He had a gun under the table, Sam explained. Dean growled, Son of a bitch. Cass picked himself up and helped Dean to his feet. Instantly, Dean leaned against the doorway to hide the bulge in his pants. Sam noticed him leaning and immediately looked worried. You sure you're okay? Dean waved him off. Yeah, yeah, my, uh, my back. He gestured, unable to look at Cass. Reassured, Sam said, All right, let's get you back to the motel. You can get a few rounds of magic fingers. You'll feel better. Dean doubted that magic fingers would help with his current affliction, but already felt a bit more relaxed. They slowly headed out the back of the lakeside clam, as the kitchen staff and the waitress stared at them in complete horror. The stairs to the second floor of the motel had been harder on Dean's lower back than he had expected. Maybe he had heard it after all. Cass paced around the room nervously as Sam was on the phone with the local police station, smoothing things as usual. Dean stretched and shuffled to find out exactly where the pain was coming from. I'll go get you some ice, Cass eventually told Dean. Dean didn't have time to tell him no or say thank you. Cass had already stormed out of the room, ice bucket in hand. Dean watched as Cass walked past the window and down the stairs. This was his chance. His first chance in three weeks. After a brief glance at Sam, he bolted out the door. Cass was just ahead of him, already at the ice machine. Dean caught up to him and pulled him firmly to the side of the building. The ice bucket fell loudly and rolled into the parking lot, forgotten as suddenly and completely as Dean's back pain. Dean pushed Cass against the wall and kissed him, his hands finding their way under Cass's trench coat and suit jacket. Dean, Cass breathed out. Dean kissed him harder, pressing his body against his. You don't know how much I've missed this. He pulled away and looked at Cass, who whispered, I've missed this too. Cass's words made Dean's entire body quiver. Dean, Cass breathed. Dean. Dean pulled back from the kiss. What is it? 
Not here, said Cass, catching his breath. Oh, come on, why not? Dean smiled at him, his winning smile. He never failed to win someone over with that smile. And he was desperately hoping to win Cass over right now. Sam could see us. With that sobering thought, Dean stepped back from Cass, unable to hide his disappointment. We agreed, Cass continued firmly. We agreed that we didn't want people to know. I know, Dean bemoaned. After all, he'd been the one to set the terms. He didn't want people to look at them differently. Not that Sam, Jody, Donna, or anyone would mind. He just didn't want to answer their inevitable questions. He didn't want to see their doe eyes, hear their supportive voices, feel their approving hugs. He didn't want things to change. No rules, Cass reminded him. No rules, sighed Dean. This was the extent of their agreement. When this began a couple of months ago, they'd agreed that nothing would change. They weren't a couple. Their obligations to each other started and ended at best friends and hunting partners. Cass had easily agreed to the terms. His eager adherence was not lost on Dean. Well, one rule, Dean continued grimly. People can't know. People can't know. Cass repeated, hanging his head low. The glow of the vending machine next to him reminded Dean of when Cass answered his very first prayer to him. Even back then, through their first impending apocalypse, Dean longed to pin him against a wall and kiss him. Now he could do it whenever he wanted. Well, almost. Dean stepped back, taking in the sight, and chuckled quietly. What is it? Cass asked. Dean shook his head and looked down, his face flushed. It's nothing. The lie crossed his lips before he could hold it back. Cass moved towards Dean. What is it? He asked again, this time his voice deeper and more stern. Dean fought his knees from buckling under his weight. Cass's insistence was Dean's chance to speak his mind. Light-headed, he attempted. I, um... Dean swallowed hard as he retreated. What is it? Cass demanded, closing the distance between them. Dean's back hit the wall. He had forgotten what this was even about. He scrambled to focus on answering the angel. Cass locked his eyes with Dean. You... Dean swallowed. This is fucking embarrassing, he thought. He inhaled sharply to steady himself. You looked really good right then, he breathed out. Cass tilted his head. You think so? Yeah, Dean said softly. I think so. Cass leaned in. Dean stood completely still, amazed at his self-control. They were inches from each other when Sam's voice echoed through the night. Dean! Cass! Cass backed away as Sam turned the corner. We gotta go, Sam said. Now! Within minutes, they'd packed up their room and were in the Impala. The soft glow of the motel vacancy sign a glimmer in Baby's rearview mirror. A few miles from town, Sam explained that the waitress at the lakeside clam had heard them shoot the demon in the back room and told the cops. Dean rolled his eyes. She said she was sorry. Sam shrugged. 
as if that would make Dean feel any better. He spied Cass staring out the car window in the rearview mirror. Dean jittered in his seat. You okay? Sam asked. I'm fine. Dean lied. Sam pouted his lips and looked back at the road. He quickly turned to Dean again. Hey, what did the demon mean when he said you'd know a thing or two about liking what you'd like? Dean's stomach dropped. I don't know, he shrugged. It seemed pretty pointed to you. He even said your name, Sam added, looking at Dean inquisitively. Demons lie, man, Dean erupted. Sam immediately withdrew from the argument, slowly blinking as he turned his head forward once more. Dean squirmed. Is it your back? Sam asked after a cautious pause. My back's fine, Dean groaned, trying to ease the tension of his jaw. I just wish we'd gotten to celebrate a bit, you know. Celebrate what? Sam asked, perplexed. You know, Dean insisted, more than happy to be changing the topic. Saving people, hunting the thing, it took us three weeks. It was a pretty low-grade demon, Dean, Sam argued. The only reason it took us this long to get him was that shielding spell. Right, Dean pouted. You gotta talk to Rowena about that. What was that? No idea, Sam sighed. The car fell silent. Dean glanced at the rearview mirror, twelve times and counting. He wanted to crawl out of his skin. He shuffled. You sure you're okay? Sam insisted. We can stop for a drink in the next town if you want to. Yes, Dean definitely wanted to. The idea of the hustle and bustle of a bar made him smile. I mean, if you want to, he told Sam. Yeah, let's do that, Sam agreed. I still have to write some notes and send Jody an email. Nerd, Dean chuckled. Sam rolled his eyes. I figured you would have wanted to be back at the bunker, he explained. In your room and all. Dean met Cass's ocean blue eyes in the rearview mirror. Fuck. We don't have to, Dean started. Sam cut him off. No, no, let's do it. We deserve a night off. How the fuck had he managed to screw this up? They wouldn't be back in the bunker until the morning now. I guess we do, he said resigned. That okay with you, Cass? Yes, Cass answered. Dean bristled. Well, there it was. If Cass wasn't in any hurry to get back, then why should Dean care? Silence resumed. They stopped in the next town. Dean had never seen such a run-down bar. A pink and blue neon sign was fighting for its life. Heaven, Dean read as he cut the headlights. More like breakable heaven. Oh, come on, Sam interjected. We've seen worse. Sam's face told Dean everything he needed to know. He quickly reined in the attitude. They walked into the dive bar and made their way into a booth. Cass and Sam exchanged a look as Dean ordered six shots and three beers. Dean relaxed after the second shot. The familiar burn of cheap whiskey in his throat reassured him. Things were about to get better. 
Too bad they don't have a pool table here, he said. Sam grimaced, struggling to keep his second shot down. Cass's face remained unchanged as he downed the whiskey. Dean tugged at his jeans. He knew what made Cass's face contort, and it wasn't alcohol. They have darts. Huh? Dean asked. They don't have pool, Cass clarified. But they have darts over there. Oh, yeah, Dean replied absentmindedly. He took a deep gulp of his beer. Sam visibly held himself back from yet again asking his brother if he was sure he was okay. Anyway, he began with a sigh. Once we get back to the bunker, I'm going to try to figure out what that shielding spell was. Dean had never been more thankful for his brother's boring shop talk. Yeah, he agreed. Three weeks chasing our tails was bad enough. Well, it's over now, Cass said. Cheers to that, Dean exclaimed as he raised his glass. The boys reminisced about their best hunts. Then, after another round of beers about their best celebrations, Dean finally relaxed. He laughed loudly as he told Cass how Sam had once drunkenly tried to exercise a turtle he was convinced was possessed by the demon they were hunting at the time. Sam turned bright red. A loud ring interrupted Dean's story. Sternly, Sam told Cass and Dean to shut it. Rowena? Hello? He said, trying to hear her over the noise. Dean and Cass tried to keep their laughter down, but struggled as Sam got up and left the table. Sorry, what were you saying? They heard him say as he walked out of Heaven's front door. Dean's gaze turned back to Cass. He allowed himself to linger on his shoulders, his scruffy hair and the angle of his jaw, absentmindedly biting his lower lip. Dean's heart skipped a beat when Cass looked up to meet his gaze. He could drown in those eyes. A warmth crept through him, one that couldn't be explained by alcohol alone. They'd spent weeks sneaking around the bunker, meeting in the Impala, in his bedroom and anywhere they could think of, so long as no one could find them. Over the last three weeks, Dean hadn't stopped dreaming of the things that they did in the dark. The memories alone were intoxicating enough to keep him awake at night, incessantly tossing and turning. Dean couldn't wait to make more memories with Cass. He wanted them to get lost in each other again as soon as they got back, and could shake Sam for as long as they needed. Dean chuckled as he blushed and looked down. Cass smiled softly back at him. I'm sorry about earlier. Dean finished his pint. No, you're right, you know. We're going to screw this up if we're not even trying. You know? He looked back down at his glass, wishing there was more beer. It's okay, Dean, Cass replied, tilting his head. It's what you want, isn't it? Dean hardly knew any more. The terms of their agreement hadn't mattered at the start, but now? Well, now all he knew was that he wanted to be close to Cass. Arbitrary terms seemed so silly as Cass's gaze searched the depths of his being. Yeah, Dean mumbled. I guess. Dean struggled for breath. He tried to remain calm as anxiety took over his body. He scooted his chair closer to Cass, unable to look at him in the eye. I mean, he started, 
I just... The words bottled up in Dean's throat along with his breath. He brought his hand over to Cass's knee in an attempt to steady himself. Before Dean could find it in him to finish his sentence, Cass brushed his hand away as Sam re-entered heaven. Dean's back stiffened in his chair. All traces of smile and color had left his face. Sam sat back down, excitedly talking about something. Dean couldn't quite tell what. His eyes burned and his throat was closing up more sharply than even a moment ago. He stood up abruptly and made his way to the washroom. What's up with him? Sam asked Cass. Dean didn't get to hear Cass's response as he slammed the bathroom door open and headed to the sink. He looked at his reflection, his eyes red and full of tears. He splashed water on his face, catching his breath. It's okay, he repeated to himself, letting the cold water help him regulate his breath and heartbeat. He was drying his face with paper towels when Cass walked in. Dean, he started. I didn't. Dean felt nauseated. No matter what Cass had to say, he didn't want to hear it right now. He didn't want to talk about his feelings and be rejected in the bathroom of some sleazy bar. He didn't want Cass's apology or his rejection or his puppy dog eyes. He didn't want any of it. Hey, man, he interjected. It's cool. No rules, right? Dean didn't wait for an answer. He walked right past Cass and back into the bar. He glanced at Sam, sitting at their table with concern painted across his face. Nope, we can't do that, he thought, his throat... Nope, can't do that, he thought, his throat closing up again. Instead, Dean made his way to the bar and sat clumsily on one of the stools. He ordered a double whiskey neat. Coming right up, answered a lively voice. You don't want to go sit back down with your friends? I can bring you your drink. Dean locked eyes with the woman with blue eyes and a long, dark ponytail. They can wait for me a bit, he answered, smirking. She smiled back as she poured him his drink. So, what are you guys even doing here? she asked. I've never seen you around before. We're just passing by, Dean answered back in his element. We just finished a job and we're on our way back. I'm Dean, by the way. He saw Cass in the corner of his eye walking back to the table. I'm Alethea, the bartender stated. Alethea, like the river? She paused and tilted her head. No, but close, she replied. Leith is the river, but it comes from Alethea. Means truth. She looked him up and down. I'm impressed. I read, Dean retorted, finishing his drink. This was so much easier. This was so much more comfortable. He knew how to do this. He was good at this. I can tell, Alethea said, her smile still glowing. Alethea poured Dean another and made him laugh. She revealed all the ridiculous things she's told other guys about her name. The more they talked, the more Dean noticed the details that made her so pretty. Have your friends waited long enough for you to go back and join them? She asked. Dean didn't bother to look back at the table. They were fine without him. Nah, he said, looking into Alethea's eyes. I'm good right here. She blushed and looked away. Dean finished his second drink, smirking to himself. He'd done it again. 
Can I get you a beer? I'll have another one of these if you don't mind, Dean said, holding up his glass. Sure, Alethea replied, already pouring. Maybe you should nurse this one. This place closes in an hour if you wanted to go out back and get some air. There it was. Dean was taken aback at how underwhelmed he was with Alethea's proposition. She was ridiculously hot and obviously into him. She was just his type. He inhaled sharply. Looking back at the table, he briefly caught Cass's gaze. I, uh... He began. Hey, it's okay if you don't want to, Alethea answered. I'm having a good time just talking to you. But I had to ask, right? Or else I would have never known. Dean's heart dropped. I guess not, he muttered, looking at his hands. I, um, I gotta... Dean stood before he could finish his thought. He walked out the back door. The warm summer air made it hard for him to breathe through tears. Looking around, Dean noticed the dumpster in the empty parking lot out back and punched it with his whole weight. Fuck! He screamed as he felt the sharp pain of blunt force on his hand. He grabbed his fist with his left hand and felt a familiar warmth. Blood. He'd cut himself on a sharp edge. Dean couldn't fucking believe this. Son of a bitch! Dean couldn't tell if it was the alcohol, the blood, or the embarrassment of having hurt himself while punching a fucking dumpster, but he felt dizzy. Dean! Sam ran to him. What happened? Sam asked, frantic. What did you do? Embarrassment made way for shame. Dean's face started to burn. Sammy, uh... Words got stuck in Dean's throat. Tears formed in his eyes, blurring his vision further. It's okay, Dean, Sam said. Let's get you home. Dean couldn't look at Sam's face. He knew it would be full of worry and good intentions, and he knew he would instantly feel worse. Let's get Cass to heal you first. No, Dean erupted. I'm fine. I don't need him. Sam hesitated for a second and sighed before walking Dean around the building to the Impala. He told Dean to wait as he pulled out some gauze and medical tape from the trunk and summarily bandaged his hand. That'll have to do for now, I guess, Sam said, resigned. It'll be fine. I'm fine, Dean slurred. Sure, Sam said, pouting his lips. I'll go back in and pay the tab and get Cass. You stay here and give me the keys. Dean tried to reach in his jacket and winced. The pain caught up to him. Sam reached in his pocket, grabbed the keys, and walked back in the bar without a word. You really screwed that up, didn't you? Dean thought to himself. He was mortified. Always take it too far, he whispered to himself. The front door of the bar flung open as Cass ran out. Dean, he said. What happened? Nothing, Dean mumbled. Your hand, it's... It's fine, Dean interrupted. I'm fine. You're not fine, Cass argued. Let me at least heal. Don't, Dean exploded. Said I'm fine. Cass stepped back, his blue eyes fixed on Dean. Dean averted his eyes. The gaze he'd craved for so long now seemed unbearable. Cass silently sat down in the front passenger seat, staring ahead. 
Tears started silently streaming down Dean's face. Sounds like the end of that, he thought. Sam came back out and took the driver's seat. Is he okay? He asked Cass. Yeah, Cass replied dryly. Dean closed his eyes to fight the spins as Sam drove off. He remembered when he was about ten years old and he had fallen off his bike he had borrowed. He had run crying to his dad. John had told him to stop crying like a baby. Dean tossed around in the back seat wishing he could shake off the memory. There he was again, crying like a baby. Over some guy who didn't want him the way he wanted him. Dean woke up the next morning with a very fuzzy memory of getting back to the bunker and refusing both Sam and Cass's help to get to his room. He had somehow managed to make it and land on his bed. As the night before started flooding back to him, so did the pain in his right hand. Dean grumbled. How are you feeling? Dean sat up. Cass was sitting in the chair at the foot of his bed. Cass, Dean exclaimed. You scared me. Were you expecting someone else? Cass asked. Dean sighed, sitting back down on his bed. What do you care? He retorted, regretting the words as soon as they came out. His stomach was upset, his mouth was dry, and his hand was in pain. There's water on the nightstand. Whenever Cass spent the night in Dean's room, he always made sure Dean had water. Dean felt a pinch in his heart as he reminded himself that he'd probably driven Cass away with his behavior from the night before. Thanks, he muttered, reaching for the glass with his right hand. He recoiled with pain. Cass tilted his head. Dean, just let me heal. No, Dean said firmly as he awkwardly brought the glass to his lips with his left hand. He shuddered at the thought of how pathetic he must look right now. Fine, Cass said resigned. Have it your way. My way? Dean bit back. Cass, buddy, this isn't my way. What do you mean? Cass asked, puzzled. Dean sighed. Never mind. No. It was Cass's turn to stand firm. Dean, what's this about? What's going on? You wouldn't care. Dean thought. He wiped his eyes briefly, holding back tears. Dean, Cass insisted, his voice softening. Please. Dean's entire body came to a standstill. This wasn't right. Cass didn't beg. Cass demanded. Cass only had to tell Dean what he wanted, and Dean would make sure to comply. He found Cass's gaze. Dean swore under his breath. Okay he said audibly. Okay. He couldn't leave Cass hanging like that. If this was going to end, then so be it. Dean had already made a fool of himself. The least he could do was deal with the fallout like the man his father raised him to be. He finished the glass of water and scooched closer to Cass. I, 
He started, his heart beating faster. Look. Oh, for fuck's sake, just get it out. His father's words echoed in his mind. Dean's chest tightened. It's okay, Dean, Cass said. Take your time. Dean sighed. He didn't know where to start. He didn't even know what he wanted to tell Cass. Maybe that the weeks they'd spent sneaking around had been some of the best of his life. That he'd spent the last three weeks missing him even though he was right there. That he couldn't get the shape of his body out of his mind. That every time he saw something blue, he thought about him. That the feeling he got whenever he looked at him was indescribable. Dean couldn't get any words out. He opened his mouth a few times, but the words got stuck. Dean, Cass said more firmly this time. Look at me. Dean's heart skipped when his eyes met Cass's. Tell me. Cass wasn't asking him anymore. He was telling him. Dean looked down. I love you, okay? The words filled the room, leaving nothing but a stunned silence. Cass looked down. Dean's heart sank one more time. Well, he began, ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? Dean kept looking at Cass, bracing himself for the inevitable. Cass looked up, grinning like Dean had never seen. You love me? he asked. Yeah, Dean replied, and I don't want to keep secrets just to keep you. All the words Dean couldn't say just a moment ago were making their way to the surface. I want to tell Sam, he continued, and Jody, and Donna, and Claire, and everyone, and if you don't want to, then... Okay, Cass interrupted. Dean stopped dead in his track. Okay? Yeah, Cass replied. If you want to tell people, then let's tell them. Dean couldn't believe what he was hearing. But you said you didn't want Sam to see us, Dean replied blankly. And you didn't want me touching you at the bar. Cass tilted his head. Dean, you're the one who said you didn't want people to know. Dean was utterly stunned. Cass made his way to Dean's bed, sitting right next to him the kind of close Dean needed him to be. I was just trying to respect your wishes, Cass continued, bringing a hand to cup Dean's cheek. Dean leaned into the soft embrace and brought his injured hand over Cass's. Thank you, Dean said, leaning in to kiss him. Cass's other hand made its way to Dean's lower back, bringing him closer to him. His touch lit up Dean's body. He moaned as he deepened the kiss. When do you want to start telling people? Cass asked with a knowing smile. Later, Dean said as he started taking off Cass's trench coat. Later. The end. Thank you so much for listening.
Thank you so much for your support. I can be contacted on Twitter, Tumblr, or at makingitupaswegopod at gmail.com. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for listening.